Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Hello, everybody. My name's Jerome. Thank you for being here today. We are carving out today's service in kind of a different change of pace where this would be maybe like a membership class to simply say thank you. For us to talk about the recipe here, the game plan here at City Life, and we want to say thank you to the dream team. We are one. The dream team helped make this service possible every single week, and it's seen and noticed, and we don't take it for granted. And today I hope to lead us in a way that will help uh, shape and inform us of what is the dream team, why the dream team, and what that means. But I want to give us a disclaimer because out the gate, I think sometimes we feel pressure that we have to do something, especially in our culture, um, in Western civilization, that I need to produce. And in church, it should be the opposite where it's reminding us that it's already been done. He won. And then we flow from victory. We flow from rest. So it's a beautiful exchange when we're in this unforced rhythms of grace. Today, we'll uh, bookend the the We Are One for the One Project. And then in December, next weekend, we'll begin uh, what we're calling God's Been Gone a Long Time. He never left. It'll be a fun month as we talk about success, as we talk about what it feels to be alone and how the holidays can bring to the forefront a lot of trauma for all of us. And I'm excited of how the Lord, and I'm anticipating of what the Lord's gonna do in us as a people. The worship team's working on some production elements and you can put on your calendar for Christmas Eve, which is Saturday, the 24th at 6 p.m., we will have a candlelit service. It'll be a holy time where some of that product, the production elements that they're working on, we will get to uh, enjoy. And then we'll have services Sunday morning, 10 and 11.30. And then the Love the City truck, you'll hear more details about that. But if you want and you don't have anything to do already on Christmas Day, the Love the City truck goes out and lets workers know they're seen for those that are working on Christmas. <laughs> what a lonely feeling, right? And it's just to come by and say hi and hand them a gift and say, hey, we see you, we're with you, you are loved, you belong, and you have purpose. So that will be December today. Thank you, Dream Team. We are one. First Corinthians 12 shapes this uh, beautifully paints the picture of unity in diversity, serving together as a body. Verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we were all given one spirit to drink. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the sun, one in the sun, one in the sun. We all have one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. What a profound thought that it's one, but yet many. 
If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that are weaker are indispensable. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor. And our unrespectable parts are treated with greater respect, which our respectable parts do not need. Instead, God has put the body together giving great honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed these in the church First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, next miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, leading, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do do all do miracles? Do all have the gift of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But desire the greater gifts and I will show you an even better way. And a little homework would be go read the next chapter because it's so beautiful where it says that we could have all the gifts basically. We could be exercising Uh, all of the outward signs and wonders of God, but if we don't have love, it doesn't matter. So the thing that's keeping us together, that's pumping through us all in this body, the love of Christ, one body in Christ, but we're all different. And sometimes we have the, we make the mistake to compare or compete. But when we compare, we size one another up, we're always gonna be disappointed because you were born in original, don't you dare die a copy. If we look at someone else's gifts, we're always going to feel belittled. We feel unworthy, unvaluable. Another one-liner is comparison is the thief of joy, but identity is the fullness of joy. So understanding who you are in Christ, whose you are, Christ, that determines your worth and value. Your worth and value comes from God, not another person. And comparison will always leave us empty because we'll see something they have that we don't have, how they're gifted, but that's not how God gifted you, me. Or we could take the other bait of Satan where I'm not comparing, but I'm just going to compete. All right. Anything you can do, I can do better. Anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, you can. And we compete, 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 compete. Especially if we're competitive, competitive or come from some type of sports upbringing. <laughs> oh, we're not competing. If anything, the competition in the Lord would be, how do we outdo one another with love or honor? 
to describe the identity that's in each one of us, the gold that is already there that God has placed within. It's already there. When you unlock it, we recognize that you're God's in Jesus. We're free. He's risen life. You're his kid. So we don't compare, we don't compete. We connect and complete each other. There's no Lone Ranger Christianity. There is seasons where we need to get away from people that have hurt us, absolutely. But we'll never be able to experience the fullness of God just alone. He's made us to be in relationship, to be connected and to complete one another. How do we complement each other's giftings? I was sitting in a class once and it was a leadership class and the teacher says, how many people here wanna start something? Everyone raised their hand. How many people here, the next question was, feel called to support something? No one raised their hand. <laughs> that's, gonna, that, uh, that's not gonna work. You have a whole room full of people that are just saying, oh, I gotta be in charge, I gotta dominate. But real being in charge is actually giving away power. It's servanthood. It's meaning that we recognize Jesus is the chief shepherd, so I need to be the chief servant and follow after him. A little bit of the, 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 the framework of the game plan here at City Life um, is found in the Vision Mag, which is on citylifelancing.com. So get technical. These are words on a paper, but they're meant to be lived out. But let, let's, let's go through them, the words on a paper for a minute. Is Our vision is we want to live out and be a good news church. That means we can not, we're not gonna create a bunch of programs to try to produce results that the answer to every equation is looking at what Jesus has already done and how he lived his life and the gospel pointing back to his resurrection but forward to his return and the beautiful part of the story that we're in, we know that Jesus rose from the dead. You imagine so many followers before that time, they anticipated that moment. You imagine how the early church would talk to us today. They would say, you should be more alive, come on. Build upon what we built upon. And too often we're always like, well, remember the early church, what God was doing for them then. Yes, a reference point. But I believe if they were here today, they would say, remember what God can do to you now. <laughs> it's not just looking back, but it's looking forward. So it's ancient and it's futuristic. It's the good news of Jesus. It's not the bad news of sin. Sometimes though, how do we live as a people, as a body? We're professional at talking about what the devil's doing. Test it. You don't have a buddy that shares end time stuff with you all the time? We get it. We're aware. Is there good news in this? It starts to create panic, dysphoria, fear. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't be so aware Absolutely. But if I know more about the devil's game plan than the good news of Jesus, then something is wrong, friends. So we're a good news church. The gospel is good news. And our mission is simple. It's to love the city one life at a time. That mission statement is dense. We could 
talk about it for an extended period of time, but a real fast forward version is if God is love and his love is hesed love that pursues us, it's not love without action, it's love always with action, that God loved us so much that he sends his only son, Jesus, that's profound love. So love is what it's all about. And then the city is just a picture of where the end started in a garden, but it ends in a city. And where are people concentrated in areas? Well, they're in cities. So you can be in the rural space, but there is more people in urban areas. And that's not ranking one or the other. It's just starting to paint a picture that the city isn't the devil's idea. This was God's idea. He's coming back with the city. He wanted us to create, innovate, be like him. So it reminds us of the Genesis mandate. And it also paints the picture that of what Revelation, the fulfillment of a new heaven and a new earth, as God will make all things new, that the city isn't bad, but it's God's idea. But in the city, it's not the things we produce. It's not the businesses that we run. It's not the homes that we renovate. It's about the people inside and how many people won. Loving the city one life at a time. One's not a big number unless it's yours. That's why we've never looked into the eyes of somebody who doesn't matter. They all matter to God. And what do we want the one to experience? Life. Life. And each one of us are given just but a moment of time. And this mission statement is practically lived out through each one of us. The tendency in temptation is to ask, okay, church, what do I got to do to love the city one life at a time? And may the church leaders remind you, what are you doing 24-7 at your job, wherever you go? Because you are carrying the good news of Jesus. You are love the city one life at a time. So city life will never be filled with programs that can solve every niche and need. God has equipped the body as he sees fit, as he raise up raises up people with their tears, as we connect to each other, as we complete one another, that oftentimes the burden that you feel is a part in the body that God has put inside of you. Oh, so if you got an idea, know that this, a lot of times the idea first is gonna start in the mirror. It's not, this isn't some, whoever gets the most votes or whoever politics the most. The church is not either, it's not a country club and it's not some election that is up for debate. It is a kingdom of people, royal priesthoods that are on the move everywhere they go. So don't look at what the church can have a, a, a gathering more often, but look at where you're doing and see yourself unlocked to live out the kingdom everywhere you go. And it sounds like nuance where I think most of us say, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Do we? <laughs> do we? I don't think we do. I don't think we get it. I think we got to be reminded. I think we like to keep ourselves so busy that we want another program and we want something that fits all of our likes and interests. This is not a preference uh, of a gathering. This is about Jesus, a kingdom, and his people. And in that is all kinds of unlocking freedom to be how he made us. So I pray that we'll discover that more. As you can tell, I'm pretty passionate about our mission statement because if it's just words on paper, we're missing 
the power of what God has told us to do, to go love this city one life at a time. But as a church, we do have some things we focus on. What are those? There's three discipleship focuses. Uh, discipleship is a better picture of that is not these touch points, but more apprenticeship that I'm with. The, 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 the biggest impact you'll probably have on anybody's life uh, for discipleship is in our home and at our work. That's why what's going on at home and what's going on at work really matters. So where you work, who you work with, it might be a stumbling block or it could be a blessing. And we've got to work through that all the time. But God, I can promise you that God is with you in those moments. Behold, I am with you always. You guys still with me? Okay. And then... He will change and transform you in that, but he might be leading you into a, a, a different space just because he cares about your growth. He cares about us. But here at City Life, we have three discipleship focuses. One is the Sunday experience. Two is groups. Three is Love the City events, which is the corporate side of it, not the individual side of it. The corporate side, we have an emphasis on younger. That's why we're in the schools. We think proactive work is essential. Sometimes we're so, we love to feel wanted and needed. So what do we do? Reactive work only. And I'm not saying we don't help those that are bleeding and there's triage components to the church. Please hear that. But I just wonder if our highest ROI, return on investment, would be into the minds of kids that can't give us anything in return. So that's why we have Love the City schools. We do the Love the City block parties. But Love the City can't do everything. It's an emphasis on some things that city life is convicted about. Amen? So we have the weekly gathering. We have our groups. And then we have Love the City. And then also in the magazine, you'll see some of our passions. I won't go through them all. You can find those online. But I'll just pick one of them. These passions are... How spicy you like your food? How do you cook your food? How do you set the table? These are the things we want in all of the ingredients here. We want it to always be about Jesus. We want it to be about his church. And we want it to be about everyone as well, to hold that tension. The household of faith, but every single person. Household of faith, every single person. It is never either or. It is always both and. And then there's ways where pr practically someone could say, man, you know what? I love this. I want to do something about this. I want to be in. I want to commit. Well, <laughs> city life is not perfect. It is made up of imperfect people because we're here, you and me. But it has a perfect God. And it has checks and balances. It has order. It has divine scriptures that we're all submitted to and you have equal worth but different authority and you have a church a gathering of people an ecclesia and here's the thing if you never commit to making city life your home you still belong here because you might hear your overworking coach you might hear maybe the pressures of religious expectations. You might have felt that from us at times when we've let you down, and meaning anyone in leadership. 
where maybe they weren't sensitive enough to listen to what was going on inside of you. And the other side is maybe you weren't vocal enough what was happening. And maybe there was a level of head trash that said, oh, if I'm going to commit, I have to be at everything and do everything. Please don't. Find your pace. The pace of grace and abide stride. We use the language dream team. It was first coined in the Olympics for the 92 uh, basketball team. Magic, Bird, Barkley, and they were assembled to destroy all of the other countries on the basketball court. And oh boy, did they. They were the dream team. And that phrase has been one that we've watched as a show. But a church is fundamentally different because we are all, every person, part of God's dream that we would be in his family, on his team, on mission, connected as a body. So the dream team here is our catchy way of just simply calling church membership. It's to live out that we're better than that Olympic team for eternity. Now, we're not better as worth on this earth. They're people too. But I think hopefully you understand what I'm saying, that we have a, we have a tendency to put them on a pedestal. <laughs> okay. If your favorite celebrity walked in the room, who's showing partiality right now? Meaning who's, oh, my, they're here. Oh. Who's here? You're here. You're here. Look, there's a single mom walking in with their kids. She's here. Look, there's a single dad trying to make it. Look, there's a family working through pain. They're here. Look, there's someone holding the babies back in kids' room just trying to love them for God. They're here. We carry a message that is way past a medal that you can wear on your neck. It's one that can save people's lives forever. I pray that the value of the good news of Jesus and his institution, his bride, would grow in our hearts that we would understand. We don't have to, we get to. So whatever season you're in, there's no pressure. The pressure's off. You can sit and enjoy the fruit and the labor of so many different dream team as we each one of us do what we can in whatever season we're in. And all these moving parts are to paint a picture that we are one body. On the dream team, we say you can serve one, attend one, and because it's both and. Meaning, <laughs> what's your why? This is a big one, and this is where we'll end. What's your, what, what, what is your why? What's your why? Why do you do this? Well, friend, don't do this because I'm passionate. Please. Don't come to church because, you know, sometimes I've heard people say, well, he's got a, a tough testimony and he can relate. He's been there. I'm like, that's not enough either. Don't go to church for that. Don't go to church because if you like the music or anything, uh, uh, just maybe look past all that. Those are all helpful. But, but ultimately, our why is Jesus. And we serve because Jesus served. Jesus teaches us in Mark 9, 34, he says, but they were silent because on the way they had been arguing with one another about who's the greatest. Ooh, Jesus' followers are competing and comparing. Yo, 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 when do I get to preach, yo? 
Yo, 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 when do I get paid, son? Yo, 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 when are we going to be on the throne? When's Caesar going to be done? When are we going to rule and reign? Man, our eyesight can be limited at times. And so Jesus, sitting down, he called the 12 and he said to them, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last and servant of all. And he takes a child and he stands among them and taking him in his arms, he said to him, whoever welcomes one of these little children such as this in my name welcomes me and whoever welcomes me does not welcome, whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but him who sent me. So what he's saying, when you welcome a child, you're welcoming Jesus and ultimately you're welcoming God as you serve them. And what's fascinating about this picture of children is not just because they're little or small or they're frail and weak, it's because they're marginalized and outcast from the societal structure there that they have no value to bring. So just in the last 100 years and change did we start worshiping kids. Like we, come on. We worship kids. Our whole life is, revolves around kids. My whole day is revolved around what the kids got to get to school when we go to pro, every program. I mean, if, if, if they get into an extracurricular activity, sports, they want three days now that week. And we got to remind our kids and our family that, hey, look, it actually revolves around Jesus. <laughs> and, 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 and this is a new thought that it revolved around you in our individualistic society, this makes it even more weightier and meatier of what Jesus is saying is kids back then, they're, what value can they add? They can't get a job. They can't go to war. And Jesus says, as insignificant as a child, how you serve them, that's how you serve me. So every week when we set up and we tear down, it's just a small way to remember we're serving like Jesus. It's a lifestyle. It's a rhythm like Jesus. So get in where you fit in. And by all means, if, if you never want to say yes and be a part of the dream team here at City Life, you still belong here. Period. The pressure's off. This summer, we were on sabbatical. The dream team served our family as we were gone. We didn't add any value to the service, but it still went on. There's been seasons when I was sick or recovering from ear surgery, and the dream team moved the ball forward. Each one of us will serve differently in different seasons. I don't know what season you're in, but whatever season you're in, just ask God. And what he's doing here, it's going to take a lot of people in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different seasons. And some may stay, some may be sent, some may uh, discover, some may heal. But each one of us are the body. As we're connected, we are one. We shot a little clips from last week just to say thank you to the dream team. And this isn't a picture of everything that goes on here, but this was impromptu last week's service to say thank you, Dream Team. On every Sunday, we remember that Jesus lives. And who is the church? Us, people, not a building. And it takes so many people all together on one team, God's team, fulfilling his dream, his family, his church.
that we would let the world know they are loved by God. They have a family they can belong to, God's. And every single person is God's masterpiece that he's given great purpose to, every single one of us. And Sunday, it takes so many moving parts for us to let people know the good news of Jesus. So thank you for all you do to help let the one know they are loved, belong, and have purpose. Let's keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until he makes all things new. Thank you, Dream Team. We love you. We are getting ready for coffee. Yes, we are. Kids City, bro. Mid -kids. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Mid kids. Looks like somebody set up all this this morning. There's the Kids Stuff Done team right there. What are you doing? Getting ready for service. There we go. There's, um, there's not enough thank you cards we could give. There's not enough texts we could send that could fully articulate the gratitude that each week of what goes on behind the scenes here to make it possible for us to lift up the name of Jesus and to remind and encourage us to go out there and live out the good news. And I hope just in a moment today, though, that you, everyone who's ever given a dollar, ever prayed, ever served in any capacity, that you would hear loud and clear, thank you.
it goes unnoticed to so many, but nothing's unnoticed to God. I'm partial here. I've gotten to serve on every team. At some point, when you plant the church, you build the plane while you fly it. I remember when we first started out, we would set up, tear down, and get on stage, play music, beatbox, do giving, do the, and to see where God has taken the dream team today has been so beautiful. But I'm partial. It's the moments that no one will see that probably are my favorite. In that whole video, it was shoveling. Do you like a clean walkway when you walk in? Yeah, but we could take it for granted. Sometimes I find myself complaining. Well, we're in an older building and I, I see the things I would like to change instead of how we're contributing, how we're completing and what we're getting to do. So preparing for this week, I was just overwhelmed with a, a level of gratitude for you. Even if you just, just started coming to City Life, you think, well, why me? Well, you're here. That's why the team back is mixing. They, they, they want the broadcast to go out. The team's mixing in the room. They, they, they want it to create an environment that we could be encouraged in God. And as we close, here's what we're going to do. If that was the recipe or more the game plan for City Life, put that to the side. The point of church is to serve people. Serve them in a way that points them to the Lord's return. And today, I don't know what you're carrying, but when we're one in the spirit, our souls don't cry out as orphans or on the outside anymore, but our spirit is quickened with a closeness of how Jesus communicated to the Father, Abba. Abba. And Abba means Father, but in a way that is so intimate, like Daddy. I haven't made the jump to just start saying daddy from stage. Shout out to those who that is. Um, it's not really my gig, but I get it because I got a text from our daughter last night and she was going to bed and she was at a sleepover and she texts me real late and she said, I love you. You are my BFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFF
And as we are with Jesus, we learn to pray and we communicate. Prayer is, you know, simply just talking to God. And to communicate with God, I think a lot of times it starts out as first complaining. <laughs> and then we might ask some questions and listen. But the desert fathers in some of the monastic way, they practice a prayer. This isn't the only prayer they do, but they practice a prayer where they breathe in, Abba, exhale, Father, for 20 straight minutes. And they say that's a form of graduating to the highest level of prayer maturity as we're recognizing I am close to God and he can be in charge of everything. So as we worship in this song, I think you've connected the dots where the song is Abba. And you don't have to get up. You don't have to, I don't know what season you're in. It might just be Abba, Father. Those four syllables, I've switched it to two for me. I just say Abba when I'm breathing. Try it. Maybe for this whole song, whatever you're carrying, that the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, Abba, that we would pray and worship God in that way. And I'm thankful that the worship team leads us so incredibly each week to connect with God, Abba. You're more real than the ground I'm standing on. You're more real than the wind in my Say this over yourself. Your thoughts define me. You're inside of me.
sing that hook again with just the voices. God, we thank you for adopting us into the family. Jesus making a way that we could cry out, Abba. In this room, I pray for every single person to know that they are closer to you, God, than the very breath they breathe by simply remembering that you're closer to us, Abba. And that connection that we have with you allows us to serve. But it always comes from remembering our why, you, Jesus. God, I pray for a pep in everyone's step this week. I pray for a confidence to walk in the identity, to remember that we're King's kids. That everything the devil means for evil this week, that we would recognize what you're doing in the midst of it, God, that you're turning situations for good. God, I pray that we would give you credit and we would trust you as our shepherd, as our good father to lead the way. And even when we don't understand that we would maybe take a moment and simply pray as we breathe in and breathe out. Ah, ba, ah, ba. We are one in the spirit and one in the son. We thank you for what we got to do today, which is worship you, God. And we pray for that momentum to carry over into every one of our homes, that our lives would be different as we surrender to you. In Jesus Christ's name, we pray, amen. Men. Well, friends, thanks for staying a little bit later. Make sure you say thank you to the dream team of the kids workers. They feel it the most because they're not in here getting to worship with their hands raised. They might be changing a diaper right now. We'll be back next week as we kick off. God's been gone a long time. He never left. 10 a.m. and 11.30, all races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives, y'all.
Dancing Podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.